Okay, so we are we are starting starting the study on First Timothy chapter one. We just finished that last on the our last class on July fifth. We finished at the one chapter book of Philemon, and that completed the uh, the four books. Rabbi Joshua started with with Ephesians, and I actually taught two of the weeks in Ephesians. And then I took over the class with Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. Those four books are known as the known as the prison epistles, the prison letters, being that they were written from prison, more likely Paul's final pr- imprisonment in Rome, just before his execution. He was in at the end of the chapter uh, twenty-eight of Acts. It talks about him being imprisoned for two years in uh, in Rome, and then it was, it figured sometime after that he was actually executed under Emperor Nero. So this this tonight this tonight will be the beginning of another another set of of the of Paul's letters, which are known as the pastoral epistles, which is First Timothy, Second Timothy, and Titus. Which are three, which are three letters specifically written, written to, to basically young pastors, young leaders of congregation. We'll see that, we'll see that, that, uh, that, that Paul put Timothy in charge of the congregation at Ephesus. So, which, which, which we'll see that. And Titus, I have not looked at where Titus was actually, was actually in service, but, these are two. These are basically two young, young uh, students or or mentor that uh, that Paul took under for his mentor mentorship. So we'll be we'll starting First Timothy, and there's two letters to Timothy, and then one letter to Titus. So that will be the the three letters we'll be looking at in what's called the pastoral epistles. And then. And then uh, there's then the other other ones are just called the general epistles, which were the ones like Romans, Galatians, the first and second Thessalonians, and two others. But we'll get to that. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. So First Timothy chapter one, and uh, a little background on the book is that. Uh, this was, as I said, this was a, a a letter written from from Paul, the Apostle Paul, to Timothy, and uh, it was believed that uh, that you know he wrote this possibly from somewhere in Macedonia, which we'll actually read in I believe it's in verse three he mentions that he was he was going to Macedonia. So this was written by Paul when he was in Macedonia. Yes, this 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 we'll get that in verse three, three that him and him and Timothy are were together in Ephesus, and then and then Paul left him in charge of the congregation there, and then Paul went to uh, went to Macedonia, which that's the area where Philippi is. So, you know, as we as we read in the as we read in the book of Philippians, he talks about his hope of returning to Philippi. So we don't have any actual record record in the book of Acts that he actually did get back to Philippi. But this here this here is a reference that he that may have been so 
it's not exactly sure sure that that all that on that, but we will look further. And and the and this this book is, was has been considered a book written by Paul pretty much up until about a hundred years ago. There were various scholars that started to question whether Paul actually wrote this book, specifically based on on uh, use of language. There were a lot of a lot of words and other things that, that Paul had used in his other other letters. So so the you know there have been people who questioned questioned that, but but it, it has it has you know for the most most part up and up until been unchallenged up until modern scholarship, of which of which in in the older older writing one of the of the early early uh, church fathers like Polycarp. Who lived up in the second century spoke about Paul writing this letter to Timothy. So, you know, so the all the, the you know as I said said that only till only till modern modern critical scholarship has been questioning based on on various liter, literary issues. But it's attested to you know throughout history, and as I said, it hasn't wasn't questioned till about a hundred years ago. So as I said, as I said, we'll read in verse in verse three. That uh, Paul Paul Minch says that as I urged you when I went to Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus. So it's believed that this was written while he was in Macedonia, which is the area that said where Philippi is. And this letter this letter is believed to be reiterating what things things that Paul had been teaching him while he was with him, basically reminding him of of his teaching and. Uh, what he needs to do as as a leader of the congregation. So, so as 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 I said, there's 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 belief that this letter was written written around the end of his life. So possibly, possibly that after his two years in prison in Rome, he may have had some some time to go visit visit Macedonia before he returned to Rome and was eventually executed around. 65 or 66. Well, so he was in Rome for two years, then he would go to Macedonia. Was, he went to Mac- was this while he was in the prison? And our house arrest? The, the, the speculation is, is that after his house arrest, he was, he was given a brief, a brief, uh, basically like a parole, basically anything that he was able, able to travel, travel, but eventually, Eventually, he returned to to Rome and and uh, under under Nero. So it was a temporary parole. It was it, it, it appears it appears that it was a temporary that that he was that he was he was he was let go and then actually, and, and, and but then but then he was returned to 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 uh, Rome where he was actually executed. They said under under Nero. So he he had house arrest in Rome. Right. right, and somehow, I mean, because he was a Roman citizen, it's it's yeah. Well, yeah. There's the, as I said, there's 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 speculation on the on the the where the where and, and such. Mm-hmm. As I said, the only the only thing that we have is just as I said, verse three that he mentioned that he was going to go to Macedonia. So, uh-huh. so you know, there there is there is there is speculation on on these on these later on both the. Both the the uh, prison letters and the pastoral letters on the timing mm-hmm. of when they were when they were written. 
But I said the the with the, with the biggest the biggest concern on 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 the pastoral letters is is you know did did Paul write them? As mm-hmm. I said, mm-hmm. you know it is it is attested to up up, up until up until till modern scholars and there in that's you know and there's there are many many good good uh, scholars who who will actually who hold to Paul's Paul's authorship. So. We come to verse one and two, the opening greetings to the to the book, and I will read that here. So this is First Timothy chapter one, verses one and two, from Shaul, an emissary of the Messiah Yeshua, by command of God our Deliverer, and the Messiah Yeshua, our hope, to Timothy, a true son, because of your trust. Grace, mercy, and shalom from God the Father and the Messiah Yeshua, our Lord. So he opens opens the letter, as I said, he said this was written by the Apostle Paul, or as or as in, in here throughout the complete Jewish Bible, they use they use the name Shaul, you know, keeping with the the using of using of uh, Hebraic names throughout. Yeah, so as I said, the complete Jewish Bible uses the name Shaul for all references, the Apostle Paul in the Brit Hadashah. That Shaul was a Hebrew, Hebrew or, or what some people call a synagogue name. That was the, his birth name. And like many, like other, other Jews at that time, and other, they also took on, on a second name, which would be like a Greek or a Roman name, which his would be Paula, Paulus. Or in English, Paul, and this this second name was usually chosen based on a similar sound or other relationship to the Hebrew name. This is kind of like when people who either were not raised Jewish or they converted to Judaism, you know, they, they take you know their name is Robert, so they'll, they'll take like the Hebrew name Reuben, or you know Susan would take the name Shoshana or something. Right. So so basically basically he, he took a similar he had you know his his given name was Saul. And then he took Paul, which was a more common, common uh, name in the in the Greco-Roman world. And we read that read that uh, in Acts thirteen, chapter nine. It actually talks about where he he began he he began with his 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 work to reach out to the non-Jewish world. That he started be using the name Paul. It says that then Shaul, also known as Paul. Oh. Filled with the Ruach Kodesh, mm-hmm. stared straight at him and said, "So from this point on, in the book of Acts, that he he, he exclusively used the name Paul, and you know, as I said, you know, but 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 for the sake of of uh, the complete Jewish Bible, they they used Shaul throughout. But at this at this point, he if you look at the Greek, he actually used Paulus, and you know, there's there's some people who who See this name change as being somehow his his leaving Judaism, becoming right. a Christian, right. which actually I, I I've I've been I've been this is the last three months now I've been I've been been uh, working on a uh, on a commentary in the book of Philippians. So I've been like going through Netflix and watching every every kind of every kind of Paul movie or any kind of oh. or. It, 
Yeah, I found I found this really really cool like uh, triptych movie up for the for the Greek that they went to the various went to like Philippi and Ephesus and stuff. But one of the movies that I recently saw called called Saul. You know, at, at the end of the final scene of the movie movie, the character playing playing Saul set you know, walks out of this crowd of people and he says, you know, Saul is dead. You know, you know. You know, you know, you know, Saul. You know, Saul the Hebrew is dead. I'm now Paul the Christian. Oh. It's like, no, no, that's not that's not what it, what it means. But but yeah, but, but that, that's 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 that's. I remember hearing that. Oh well, that's that's yeah. that's, that's that's a common teaching. That's something right. that I, that I right. I've seen in the various various commentaries that I I've been reading on Paul. As I said, I've. I've got like a hundred different books on 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 Paul and Philippians that I've been going through, and I was like, "That's this is like this is well, you know he he was no longer a Jew, so he he dropped his Jewish name and took on oh. on Paul as his." Oh. Uh, Sorry, the Bible makes no mention of that, right? Does the Bible make mention of that? Of him of him saying that he's no longer a Jew and exactly. no. no 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 that was that that was that was just that was just something that was. That was added into added into that that film that they were. Now, when you go to the Messianic Jewish Bible, this is Paul the Greek is dead. Now, Paul the Jew has been resurrected. <laughs> no, that's that's Paul no, that's 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 not that's not in the Bible. That's 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 a that's a, a line put in put into to the script of that film, which it was it was a pretty good film except to that point. It was like, you know, no, why did they, why did they record a pretty good Film. Oh. You said it was at the end, though, right? It was right at the end. Yes. Oh. So, so, yeah. So, but, but, you know, for the most for, for the most part, it was it was a pretty good film, except for except for that ended ended with that thing. So, so rather rather than rather than being being him using using the name of, of Paul for for his mission mission to reach the non Jewish world, rather than it being a rejection of his of his duties, in which we which we should know. Know and realize is not what what it is about because, you know, because even even in his final final court appearance, he said he said, you know, I'm I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews, circumcised on the eighth day, you know, as, right. as you know, right. so 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 he we, we know we know that 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 even at you know at the end of his life though he you know that he'd been now been a Christian for like twenty five years. He was, he still recognized himself as a Jew, and specifically, you know, saying that he, as, as in relation to the Torah, he said that I'm a Pharisee. So basically he was saying, I'm an observant Jew, you know, you know, like same day, I'm, I'm Orthodox Jew, you know, I believe Yeshua is the Messiah. But, it, but, but rather, rather than, rather than that, you know, the, 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 uh, this, uh, commentator Diceman writing on the passage wrote that, that's not a matter of him changing, changing from being a Jew to a Christian or leaving Judaism behind. But it's a matter, a matter of him taking on, as he takes on a global mission, he took on a global name, a globally recognizable name to, uh, to indicate that, you know, that he was, that the, you know, that, that he was going out to reach the, the world so he had a more recognizable name to the Gentile that, world. Yeah. Uh, this was by Diceman, D E I S S M A N. D I. D E I. Oh, D E I. S S M A N N. And first name is. 
I just have his last name and here. You know what? It's such an unusual name, I think. So that should be fine. Okay. Yeah, and that was that He's was a scholar. He was he was he was a, a, a scholar actually. Actually, the book was written in 1901, so he was a, a oh, late 1901 a late uh, wow. a late a late uh, early 20th century mm. Bible commentator that made the comment that it, it was a matter of him, him taking on a global mission rather than uh-huh. rejecting Judaism. Uh-huh. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He wanted to be able to be more approachable by the general world. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting re- reading how somehow. Somehow, you know, it, it it doesn't seem big to us in English, you know, Saul and Paul, but it was something like it was, they said, you know, said in the, in the, in the in, you know, the, the Paul was was like a very common name, you know, in the in the in the in the Greco-Roman world, mm-hmm. and and Saul Saul was Saul was, was kind of a real foreign name. People, did, it was like, you know, it, it didn't seem like a big thing to us, like Saul Paul, but but it was like, you know, it was like, you know, that it was it was like a. A, a matter of having having a having a recognizable name. Mm-hmm. So continuing on, in uh, we are in. Oh, we're still in verse one. Mm-hmm. 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 So he was Adolf Beesman, he was a scholar of the New Testament and discoveries. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so in back, so in verse one, so we, so we we know the book is for, is written by by Saul, by by Paul the emissary, the Messiah Yeshua, by the command of God our Deliverer, and in for the word Deliverer here, the Greek word is soteria, which is which is a word meaning Deliverer. Deliverer, a savior, which is is uh, related to you know our familiar Hebrew words goel for deliverer or savior or Moshiach. Soteria, S O T E R I A, is the Greek word, and is the Greek word for uh, for deliverer. And as I said, it's 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 a it's a, the Greek. Greek equivalent of, of deliverer, which is goel in Hebrew, or savior, which is Moshiach, where we, where we get Moshiach, the Messiah. So God's deliverer appears in the, and in the seventh blessing of the Amidah, that, of the weekday Amidah, that talks about, look on our affliction, plead our cause, and deliver us quickly for your name's sake, for you are a mighty deliverer. Blessed are you, Adonai, deliverer of Israel. So, what does this have to do with the seventh blessing of the Amidah? It's the the uh, the use of the word deliverer. That like like he, he talks about God or deliverer here. It, it's it, it's just a connection a connection to that uh, that Doctor Stern made to uh, to the uh, to the liturgy that he was talking about the. So, and he continues. This is a God delivered the Messiah Yeshua our hope. So, in verse two, we have starts off with two Timothy. So we now get the addressee of the book, the one that that was being written to, and that is Timothy. 
And uh, for those who have been in, in the previous classes, we've talked a lot about Timothy because Timothy pops up a lot in in Paul's letters, and uh, he was actually with with Paul in Philippi. So Timothy was one of the most loyal co-workers of the Apostle Paul, who joined him as he was beginning what was considered his second missionary journey, where he was going to, going to visit the Messianic communities of Asia Minor to share the rulings of the Jerusalem Council, which is from uh, Acts chapter 15. And, uh, you know, to share the news of the opening of the Gentiles into the into the body, the, the Messianic community as Gentiles without their need to convert to Judaism. And also on this, on this, this, this trip was the, was the, uh, going over to Europe for the first time, which was Macedonia, which was, uh, which was included, included the, the first city he went to was Philippi, which we wrote the letter to the Philippians to. So Timothy is introduced to us in Acts chapter 16. So after the after we, after the the ruling is made in at the Jerusalem Council in Acts 15, then uh, then we are introduced to to uh, Timothy, who who was a companion who went to Paul to to share the message with the with the congregations in in Asia and also as they went to Europe. So in Acts chapter 16, verses 1 through 4, we read, Shaul came down to Derbe and went on to Lystra, where they lived a Talmud named Timothy. He was the son of a Jewish woman who had come to trust and a Greek father. All the brothers in Lystra and Iconium spoke well of Timothy. Shaul wanted Timothy to accompany him, so he took him and did a brick malah, a ritual circumcision, because of the Jews living in those areas, for they all knew that his father had been Greek. As they went on throughout the towns, they delivered to the people the decisions reached by the emissaries and the elders in Jerusalem for them to observe. So in this introduction we to Timothy, we, we see that he is the son of a Jewish mother. Oh, Jewish father. Jewish mother. He was a Jewish mother. Oh, it was a Jewish mother. Oh. Have you seen that? Oh, Tim- yeah, Tim- yeah Timothy was a son of a Jewish mother who become a who had become a follower of Yeshua. So his mother his mother was was already a believer, and we will learn learn in Second uh, Timothy when we get to it that in Second Timothy one five, it speaks of his grandmother Eunice also being a Messianic believer, a Messianic Jew. So he so he actually at both his mother and his grandmother making him a third generation messing and choose at this early early point in history. It's interesting. Three generations there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And his father his father was Greek. Mm-hmm. And uh, so so he, he actually so he was actually was not circumcised um, on the eighth day as he would have been as he was to be as as a as a Jewish descendant. Though we do not know, though we do know, though we do not know, oh, it's bad. It's bad when you have trouble reading your own writing. It's like that sentence is making sense. Who wrote that? Go. Oh wait, that was me. Okay, 
Take a drink of water, and maybe it'll, maybe the sentence will make a little more sense to me. Who enraged? Who was the person who enraged Timothy's mother and grandma? This must have been before Paul took him under his wing, right? I mean, how did they? How did they become believers? And how did they hear about Yeshua being the Messiah? We don't know that, right? Well, it says his mother and the grandmother were, 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 were believers in Yeshua. Maybe the word that's right there. Well, well, well. They 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 may have they may have actually, you know, they they. I believe I believe that uh, I believe I believe that they were from Ephesus. So, you know, F, you know, Paul on his first first journey, his first missionary journey went to Ephesus. So, so he may have they may have heard heard from him or or through through someone who had heard from Paul. So. Or the possible they were in Jerusalem during Passover. They could have been in Jerusalem during Passover for the for for Shavuot. Or for Shavuot, when when Peter preached, proclaimed Yeshua was the resurrection. Right. Oh. This is always a possibility. So, so I'll try the sentence again. Though we do not know why Timothy was uncircumcised, not circumcised on the eighth day. It appears in the text that his father was Greek, which would mean that his father objected to having his son circumcised. Timothy's father's objection to circumcision may be based on, on the Greek concern that circumcision is a desecration of the perfect human form. Oh. So that, 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 was, that was one thing, one thing the, that, the, that the Greeks had, had a problem with circumcision. They saw that the human form was perfect as is. So, you know, so circumcision would be desecrating the perfect human form. So, 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 so that, that, that could be, could be one of his concerns. Another, another one was the, was the fact, another, another concern that his father could have had and not had him circumcised was, was of, uh, of the, the, uh, View of him of separateness that the that the you know the, that the idea of Greek Hellenism was a matter of wanting to bring cultures and people together. So so having having circumcision having separated out people was against that ethic. So so the, those those could be seen at least at least two possibilities. The one he was not circumcised because of not wanting to to desecrate his body, or two. That it was that the Gentile society was opposed to people being distinct and separated, you know, having circumcised and uncircumcised, that they wanted to bring people together under one. Sounds one. like today, so huh? yeah, yeah, it could, it, it, it uh, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing how it's amazing how that. Uh, but there was, but the thing is, in this Gentile society at that time. We want people to be together, but they had such strict class class distinction. You're a slave. I'm the master. You're right. the worker. I'm yeah. the employer. Uh, you're the foreigner. You're the savage. I'm the culture, Greek or Roman. So they did have these. So what we're talking about bringing people together, and yet you're on the other side of the track. Stay there. So there seems to be this con this 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 this, this conflict of. Unity and forced separation. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's not it's not 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 a clean mm-hmm. clean and uh, clean and tidy. Not, not, not to say that 
that people are, have uh, always are consistent in, in what they have. But, but you know that, that that there was, as I said, there was there was a concern that that with with circumcision that they were that they were separating themselves from the from the the rest of the people. Mm-hmm. So uh, so Paul so so he, so so given that given that uh, that he was uncircumcised. And they and uh, and they 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 were actually good, as it says it'll be good, that that they were going to be going going to uh, on the on the second missionary journey, you know that says that that because because of the various various cities that they were going to visit, somehow somehow I don't I you know the word must have passed somehow that his father was Greek, so there was concern that him not being circumcised. So, so because because of that, Paul actually had actually circumcised him, so that there wouldn't be any question of his status. You know that some, that somehow there wouldn't be concern that Paul was somehow bringing that when they were going to the synagogues that the Paul that they, Paul was not was not bringing a non-Jew, you know, into into the synagogues and such. That he was he was making making sure that that, that was not an issue in their proclamation. So Paul demonstrates the, and uh, so that was that was from Acts chapter sixteen talking about that he did a brit milah mm-hmm. because of the Jews living in those areas, uh-huh. but they knew his father was Greek, so, so there wouldn't be any distraction to the proclamation of the gospel among among those who who knew his, of his of his uh, being born to to a non Jewish father. Paul had him circumcised. So Paul Paul also, Paul demonstrates his Timothy's importance to him as his co-working disciple by mentioning Timothy in eight of his letters, and he's also the recipient of two of Paul's letters. So so he he is, he is greeted or or is, is included as one of the the people sending the letter of eight of the eight of the thirteen letters attributed to Paul. And he was also the recipient of two, two letters. So there was actually, so there was actually ten, ten of the thirteen letters, eight reference him, and two which was specifically written to him. So he, he appears to to have had a important place in Paul's life. Hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's he's either he's either either included in the in the opening greetings, or he's mentioned. And I believe I believe that I believe that Timothy I believe that Timothy's actually also also mentioned in I believe in in is it Revelation he's also mentioned so he was, he was so that was wasn't written by that was written by John but still so he had a place in the community mm-hmm. so continuing on on verse. Then Paul really had the authority of a rabbi. He had the authority to circumcise right. the Jewish people. And some people will say, well, Paul wasn't really a Torah but he just did that for cosmic before. He did that for just for evangelistic purposes, like we have Passover evangelistic purposes. I mean, Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul really didn't care about uh, the, the Jewish background. He just did that to win Jews over. I don't believe that. 
I believe Paul honestly circumcised him. He knew he was Jewish. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just an evangelistic trick. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's 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 it's, it's sad. It's sad to to see that not not only there but other other questions like in in uh, Acts chapter twenty one, where it talks about about uh, Paul taking the four men into into the temple to uh, pay for them to conclude their uh, their vow the 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 Nazarite vow. You know, I've I've read I've read well known, well known Bible teachers that that make say that he that he was he was basically being hypocritical there. He was violating, mm-hmm. violating his his you know his, you know that that you know someone who says that he's that you know this this Bible teacher basically basically said that that Paul was would knew that knew that he wasn't wasn't supposed to do any Jewish stuff anymore. But he did that in Acts 21, basically just to appease appease the Jews who weren't mm-hmm. who, who weren't really enlightened to uh-huh. the, to the truth. I'm going. No, no. it's like no. it's like if so. So basically, basically he, you know, this this supposedly this paragon of virtue, this this great teacher was basically basically lying to you know basically yeah. basically uh, you know doing doing uh, doing things just to. Be seen by people, and just uh, some people who who didn't who didn't have the, the correct the complete knowledge that you know that all the Judaism stuff was done. Um, and may I add that Paul, if nothing else, was a direct person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If he had not, if he had intended, or if the Lord had spoken to him and said, you know, you really need to just uh, disavow all the Jewish stuff. He it would have been clearly stated, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not stated. No, it is totally absent. And and you know we're reading, we're in Second Corinthians right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, he speaks so directly. Mm-hmm. He speaks his mind. I mean, yeah. it's like it feels like he's so contemporary. Mm-hmm. And so I would I would argue just on the basis of his writings that he clearly. Jewish has as much value as I do. I have as much value as you do. 
We all have value as human beings. We're all created in His image, and we all have different purposes. We don't need all the segregation nonsense. Mm-hmm. But we can live together harmonious with mutual respect to make life better for other people. That's what He came to do. He came to bring, yeah, even in the sin curse world, and it says Psalm 150, your kingdom is king for all ages, your dominion is for all generations. So we bring some semblance of the kingdom, blessings of the kingdom, in the here and now in this cursed world. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be a channel of God's blessing. And that's what Jews and Gentiles, no Messiah, we're supposed to do this instead of being part of the sin in our own, in our own, in our own spiritual, economic, social ghetto. Mm-hmm. Leave that ghetto. That's good. So, so continuing, continuing on in verse two, it says, it says, uh, we, we got, we have to Timothy, a true son, because of your trust. And uh, so we, so we know that it was written to Timothy, and Paul, Paul refers to him as as a true son, being, you know, using the fact that he was a spiritual father to him, but it was not that. Some have asked, is, was Timothy his actual? Son, but no, he wasn't. But but he was. He considered him a son in the faith. So the continuing, we we get the greeting: grace, mercy, and shalom from God the Father and the Messiah Yeshua, our Lord. Uh, you're talking about the son. It's like it's like the closest association between a rabbi and his disciple. When rabbis treated their disciples right. like their own. Like their own children, right? It was that. It was that. Yeah, that, yeah, that's it that's the that close, the closest of the relationship. So, so, so with this this greeting, your grace, mercy, and shalom, which actually, which actually adds mercy, mercy in here. Usually, other letters usually begin grace and shalom, or or grace and peace, of which we have shalom here. And a great so 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 this this is this is a part of the this this is opening greetings, and uh, Paul Paul here does a little switch. The standard greeting for for letters in 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 Greek would use the just the a generic word greetings, which is which is which is kyrain in uh, in Greek, but basically playing off off that that sound, Paul. And his letters changed changed it to the word grace, which is charis in in uh, in Greek. So so here here he's he's taking rather than just a generic greetings, he actually uh-huh. he actually adds in in you know that he uses the word grace, which which uh, has a deep meaning you know that refle- reflects the the change from just offering greetings, but grace. An opening word reflecting on a core teaching of the Messianic faith. So Paul also also adds in and the word the Greek word erinae, uh, which peace, which is which is the 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 word the Greek word which is actually used in the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible for the Hebrew word shalom. So, so he's, so he's including, including here, you know, it could be seen as that he was, he was using a standard greeting and also adding in the shalom, which is also like a Jewish greeting to kind of have, 
have both a you know reflecting both his ministry to the Jewish world and to the Gentile world, and and as I said, and with the word word shalom or or uh, irony in Greek, you know he's looking to reflect on on the fullness of the word shalom, which is not just peace. Because, because in, in the in the Greco-Roman world, you know, peace was just looked at as just the absence of war. But you know, he was really looking, you know, the fuller meaning of the word, the wholeness, and actually a spiritual wholeness that uh, he was he was sending his, in his greeting. They said into and this letter is going to Timothy, his uh, he considers his son in the faith. And verse two concludes, from, concludes with. From God our Father and the Lord Yeshua the Messiah. Paul completes his greeting, making clear to Timothy that grace and shalom come from God the Father and the Lord Yeshua. So, you know, though, though Paul is actually writing a letter to him, he's making clear that, that, that this greeting here is coming, you know, on, on behalf of, of God the Father and the Lord Yeshua, who mm-hmm. is, who is the one who is his life and the one that he he seeks to communicate toward. You know, we see that Paul here is acknowledging the divine nature of Yeshua and his eternal unity with, with the Father in these in these words as he's as he's using them together, God the Father and Lord Yeshua, you know, showing the unity of the Father and the Son. So Go to verse three. Now, after we get into the greetings, we get into the first part where, first where uh, he's, he is giving some teaching, initial teaching to Timothy. Would someone like to read verses three through five? I will. Okay, Marsh. As I counseled you when I was leaving for Macedonia. Stay on in Ephesus so that you may order certain people who are teaching a different doctrine to stop. Have them stop devoting their attention to myths and never-ending genealogies. These divert people to speculating instead of doing God's work, Mm. which requires trust. Mm. The purpose of this order is to promote love from a clean heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere trust. Thanks, Marcia. Welcome. Questions. What's the different doctrine they were teaching? And what was the problem? What kind of myth were they teaching? What was the problem? Isn't there a proper place in Scripture where you talk about genealogies? And what were they speculating about? Well, the 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 problem was was with the genealogies is that is that uh, for one one it was it it became an obsession to them as I says that it was it was taking them away from from uh, verse four have them stop devoting themselves to myths and and these divert people to speculating instead of doing God's work which requires trust so it was the one thing that was problem with problematic with the with their concern over genealogies that was taking them away, they were spending. They were spending all, basically. They were they were they were using all their time to do to do these to do this speculation stuff 
rather than than serving one another or or uh, or studying scripture they were what, what were they, why were they doing it to see somebody's jewishness or someone's what 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 aspect of genealogies do we know well acor- according according to to dr stern he he, he put he put uh, put at least two different different uh, different reasons behind it. one he said he said the one thing it could could have been because it's, it's another thing we don't exactly know what what the speculation was but he says for one thing it, it could have been it could have been Jewish believers who were who were spending a lot of time going over basically basically going over their genealogies to basically show you know I've got you know all these generations of Jewish background, you know, so somehow there was used a pride that they were better than the Gentile believers. You know, that's, that's, that, that it was a, that one could be somehow the same, you know, wanting to say, you know, you know, I've got, you know, all these generations of, of, of Jewish, Jewish forebearers, you know, and I, I'm really, you know, I'm really connected to God because, you know, mm-hmm. I can, I can go back to, to Sinai with, mm-hmm. with my relatives. Another another thing that 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 that, uh, that Dr. Stern said is also could be could have been been Gentiles who were who were insecure in their faith and they were looking over the genealogies trying to find a Jewish relative and so kind of kind of kind of like the, like people today who are spending all the time you know you know, you know somehow. Somehow they find, you know, that they they had, you know, an uncle uh, an uncle Moses, uh-huh. you know, in uh-huh. in seventeen thirty five or something. Right. Right. You know, they go, you know, I, I you know, you know, I must you know, I have Jewish heritage, you know, that somehow somehow that that they were trying to one up people. You know, and and that's you know, that's 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 a problem we have today that people are you know, that they somehow they do they do like a DNA test, they find you know that there is yeah. you know, they're you know, one tenth percent. You know, you know, Jewish or something, and they say, "Well, oh, you know, so you know, seven hundred years ago, you know, that there, there was there might have been a Jewish relative, you know, and, and all there was, and there was the, there was all the all the talk about about people of uh, of uh, Latino or Hispanic background that, that if their name ended with an S or a Z, I remember there was a, I remember there was a, there was a guy going around teaching them, that 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 a, that a person was Hispanic background if their if their last name ended with an S, S. or S. Correct. I, in fact, we have friends whose last name is Mendez with an S on the end, and that means they came from Spain. Wow. Right. Or, or and there, there was also one that that, that, if, that you had a. If you had a flora or a fauna name, like Oso or oh. or Flores or something, oh. you know, so so yeah, so right. so that different types of names, different yeah. names on that. So yeah, so 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 those those are the basic. Those are two of two of the things. And one that was it was it was it appears the problem was the one that it was it was taking up all their time from doing godly things and mm-hmm. serving others. There's you know that you know it's kind of like you know that that they were spending all their time you know you know. Playing on the internet or something, or you know, someone who spends eight hours a day on 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 Twitter or Facebook. So that was one of the problems that the, you know, they were taking time away from from you know studying the Torah and and, uh, and being with their community, and also and also the the uh, either whether it was it was Jews trying to somehow mm-hmm. basically to to pad their their Jewish heritage. 
their Jewish heritage resume or Gentiles trying to find the the spare you know the you know their their Jewish relative somehow somehow think they're better than than Gentiles who can't find a find a Jewish relative <laughs> seven hundred years ago. May I say something about that? It's not getting popular to be Jewish. What? Not getting popular to be Jewish. Everybody's beginning to hate us. Oh yeah, but that's not that's not the point of what we're talking right. about here, though. I know, but the thing is, well, I got to see. Gee, I got a grand, I, I, I got a great aunt who was Jewish. My goodness, and now you've got people coming out of the woodwork attacking us. I mean, why don't you spend your time studying God's word? Stop worrying about being Jewish. And obey his word. Yeah. Well, that's well, that's well, that's, that's what that's that's what that's what Paul's getting at is 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 you know that they they were they were getting distracted from from godly living and being together as community because they were caught up in, mm-hmm. in these various teachings. So, so back to verse three. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll actually I'll actually when we get into verse four, we'll I'll actually. Give a little more of what you're getting me out of order. So, 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 verse three says that says when I was leaving for Macedonia. So, and so this is this is this is where where we get that that Paul wrote this letter from Macedonia, which is the, as I said was the the uh, area of Europe, the the area of Greece where, like Philippi, for example, was this that. This trip of Paul is not recorded in the book of Acts. Perhaps after being imprisoned in Rome in Acts 28, he was released and able to travel to the congregation that he had started in Philippi, Thessalonica, and Berea, which were in the Macedonia. Remember Paul mentioned in the Philippians that he hoped to return to visit them. Though we have no record it was he was able to go to them in the book of Acts, we have here possibly his... He was able to fulfill that that dream of getting to go back to to Philippi that he talks about in the book of Philippians. That he had hoped that after after his imprisonment he'd be able to return to visit them because they meant so much to him. So so then then it says that stay on in Ephesus to, to Timothy. The Paul who was leaving his traveling companion Timothy in Ephesus, as he traveled alone to Macedonia. He here is making Timothy aware of his establishment as a leader in Ephesus as Paul's representative. So, so Paul Paul leaves Timothy here in uh, leaves him in Ephesus where, and he he is left there as his his, his representative and and uh, Timothy would continue on as the leader of the Messianic community in Ephesus. So he became the leader of that community? He became the leader of, leader of the Ephesus community. And you said that the the Macedonia, leaving for Macedonia, is not mentioned in Acts? It's, it's Acts. not mentioned in Acts. And as I said, and when, we, when, we studied, when we studied Philippians, remember he talks about that he was hoping to come and visit them again. Uh-huh. And though, as I said, it wasn't recorded in the book of Acts. That's why there's speculation that he may have been He may have been uh, able to visit them at this time. Mm-hmm. So, so then we come to 
come to, so that you may order certain people who are teaching a different doctrine to stop, have them stop devoting their attention to myths and never entering genealogies. These divert people to speculating instead of doing God's work, which requires trust. Mm-hmm. So he, so then, so then, then he gets into, as I said, the confronting of the false teachers and, uh, I'll, I'll, rather than working off the top of my head, I'll actually read what, what uh, we have from Dr. Stearns. It appears that the false teaching involved a false teaching over heredity. Dr. Stearns said it could be messing with Jews, touting their Jewish heritage, as making them more important in the community, and seeking to make Gentiles feel less as they lack Jewish heritage. It could also be seen even seen as Gentile believers who are obsessed with genealogical record research to find a Jewish relative or someone someone in their past to somehow bolster their mm-hmm. their uh, their status in the community. But but you know both of these both of these are, are are grounded are grounded in pride. They're seeking to basically you know, you know, to have status in the community, or, or or to feel better for themselves by somehow, you know, somehow basically saying, you know, you know, I have these Jewish hair, you know, I'm, or you know, or for the Gentiles, say, I'm not completely a Gentile, you know, I do have, you know, have this relative, you know, 300 years ago. So, but so what, uh, you know, we can see that as I said today that the people who are are Gentile people who are trying to find. A Jewish relative somehow to right. and the Messianic Jews were both were what were they doing? They were also boasting about their heritage. Yeah, basically, you know, you know, showing you know, showing that you know that you know they have all this these generations of Jews and the heritage that they were, you know, that you know that you know they basically like a, a pure a pure Jewish background. You know, they weren't that there was, but as I said, both. Of, both of these are, are 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 grounded in pride, which which is which is a, a a sin that he's he is looking to confront here. And the clear teaching of Paul is that Jews are Jews, and Gentiles are Gentiles, and all are part of the Messianic community. These endless genealogies and myths are just distractions from from righteous living and and being. Being part of the community, that along with the pride, there was also just the distraction from, from you know, do, you know, doing doing godly work. They were rather than rather than studying the scripture, rather than 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 learning about God, they were spending time with these myths and also trying to and these genealogical searches. So the purpose the purpose here, the purpose of this order is unity, and that's in verse five. And the purpose of this order. To promote love from a clean heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere trust. So, as in all of Paul's letters, the value of unity and oneness in the body of Messiah is paramount. This is seen here as Timothy is called upon to put an end to this false teaching that is separating the community and distracting people from following, following Messiah and, and focusing on fruitless studies and fruitless activities. Well, it's, it's so relevant today, especially for our movement, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, wow. it's, it's, well, it's, yeah, there's, there's, there's so, there's so much. It really is. There's, there's, oh, there's, there's, there's you know, that, yeah. that there's so much that, that people spend time, 
spend time, you know, studying and going over. That's that is is not 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 useful and correct. and correct and is is yeah. you know is distracting from you know that you know the, the from the you know the truth of the scriptures and you know and you know rather than you know rather than than looking looking elsewhere mm-hmm. you know that we have we have uh, God's instruction and his his way of life and a correct understanding as I said that. It, the Jews are Jews, Gentiles are Gentiles. Right. That we all, you know, we may have different, different responsibilities and different, uh, different uh, relationships to Torah, but we're still one body. We are still one, one family, one body of the Messiah. So, verse. We move on. Verse 6 and 7. And so I want you to read verse 6 and 7. Some by aiming for have wandered off into fruitless discussion. They want to be teachers of Torah, but they understand neither their own words nor the manners about which they make such emphatic pronouncements. So he continues with the thought that that there's that it's that the those who are, are speculating on these things on these myths and also the English genealogies are going astray and they're 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 involved in fruitless discussion. They are they are basically devoting themselves to 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 uh, studies and and devoting their time to uh, useless useless you know. Pursuits, as I said, you know, if they're looking somehow bolster their status by by finding a Jewish world, that that, that doesn't matter. Right. It's a matter of of that of of uh, who you are, who the individual is, and that in mm-hmm. you know they're following the Messiah, and they're they're seeking to walk in His ways, and uh, and then and then even even you know even beyond beyond just spending time. In fruitless activities and fruitless studies, you know, there's some that that want that are are going on actually being teachers, teachers, you know, seeking to be teachers of Torah. You know, the, the, they're seeking to to uh, be teachers in the community and seeking to to uh, want to pass on on uh, their various various thoughts and speculations. But Paul here continues the thought. Those caught up in myths and individual genealogies are spending their time fruitlessly because there's time that separates them from the community and is based in false teaching. Their distraction from the truth and following false paths lead them to seek to teach others and seek to hold themselves out as Torah teachers. But they teach based on their own speculation and not from the knowledge of the Torah. Their foundation is not Torah and the teachings of Yeshua, and the apostles were teachers of their own making. We can see this day among the various false teachers that, that teach what they call Torah or correct biblical teaching, but is not, it's merely speculations and teaching grounded in poor scholarship and false interpretations. So not you know, so not only not only are these people spending time, you know, in this in this uh, in this wasteful Wasteful time. 
they actually they're actually going out basically teaching teaching the you know you know putting themselves out as teachers and said you know, they are you know that that uh, you know and that's that's you know you know more more than more than just more than just their selves they're they're basically looking to to draw others into into their uh, into their false teaching false practices so you know so uh, Paul here is really really you know setting setting to uh, Timothy to you know to really take care of this issue that not only are the people themselves involved in in uh, in fruitless fruitless studies and fruitless activities they're looking to to they're holding themselves as teachers trying to draw other other disciples into them so they're tr- trying to draw others into them and also and also you know they lack the you know that says that they 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 do not have the knowledge of the of the true Torah of God, you know. So so they're you know so they are basically teaching their own their own words and basically saying that it's it's, it's God's word. So so this you know it's a it's an important it's a it's a very it's a very big responsibility to uh, to put yourself in a position of teaching God's word. And these people here are, are showing that that they are that they are not that they are not worthy teachers, and they are they are trying to drag others into you know down to their basically they're they're teaching their own their own teachings and calling it God's teachings. Yes. Question on the word Torah: What is it typically? I mean, using that just. Do they have the law in NIV? Um, what or what is the Greek for it? Um, I'd be interested to see other translations on Torah. The, curious about that. Let me see here what, what uh, other translations would say. I mean, is it is it a legalism sort of thing, or is it, or is the word Torah really used there? So let's see. I guess I could look on my phone too for another translation. Yeah, this is this is, this is NIV. So yeah, NIV usually uses law for Torah. Uh-huh. What do you What do I you have guys have? New American Standard. Oh, oh, okay. Mine says for seven or seven. Um, Wanting to be teachers of the law, yeah. So they even law. though they do not understand either mm-hmm. what they are saying or the matters. About. Yeah, they usually yeah. use law. Actually, the Greek word for Torah or law is nomos. That's the closest thing you can get to the Greek to Torah. New King James says law too. Yeah. And so you would the, the, the literal translation of nomos is law. Isn't it? But uh, it's the Greek equivalent. Nomos is the Greek equivalent to, to Torah. It literally means law, but also can mean Torah. Right. So yeah. So so yeah. So so you know. So they're they're basic. You know. You know. Yeah. So it, yeah. So that that is that is. So what is the Greek? Do you, do you have the, the Greek? Gr- word the there? Greek the Greek is nomos. So the Greek word which. 
So the Greek word which is, which is usually translated law. Is it teaching though, or can it be? Well, yeah, that's well, that's what that's what that's what the that's what, the, that's what, the, that's what, the, that's what Torah that's what Torah means is is teaching or instruction. Yes, instruction. Teaching or instruction. Yeah, so so yeah, so the Greek the Greek word here is 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 nomos, which which is translated as which, law, which is just and and when in John 1 it's 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 logos it's not nomos the word well yeah that's different never mind no that's but, different yeah so but yeah but yeah it's but it, it's but that, that 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 is the word that is is translated for for torah so it's so weird cuz i don't yeah, yeah. It, I know. I mean, I know that's the word they they use in, in most of the other translations. Um, and it's it's always. You know, I remember when I was first reading it, which was like four and a half years ago, and wondering what, why law, mm-hmm. and and why, and so and why why the Greek, why they use law for Torah. And, and and is it implying a legalistic thing? I mean, why don't they say the Bible? And is there a Greek word for Bible or for the Tanakh? What is the Greek word for Tanakh? Tanakh is, of course, the hum- right. the, the Jewish scriptures. So, right. is there a word for Tanakh in Greek, or do they never, or they only talk about it as the law? You know. It's interesting. I don't know. Yes, and if Torah means teaching or instruction, right? Why wasn't what? that? That's not law, right? The thing is, it when, has laws when, in it, when, right? When, but it has when, a lot more. When they started yes. in the second century BCE, when they started translating the Bible into Greek, that was the word those Jewish translators used for the word Torah. Was Oh, nomos. Nomos, okay. That's what they do. When they translate the Bible into mm. Greek, they use that word nomos. That's caused us a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. It is problematic to use law, and mm-hmm. that's why Stern uses Torah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So it, yeah. It's just it's like God's word. Yeah. It's just it's like, like today when there's all these cults coming out, and they uh, sometimes they take on a appearance of trying to be Christian or um, biblical, but uh, they really lead people really in, into dangerous situations. Right. So yeah. So we'll, you'll so like Jim Jones and right. the Moonies, and there's a lot of other cults. Uh, Michelle, um, I forgot her last name. This lady who played uh, on uh, Star Trek, um, her son was killed through a cult. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was either her son or brother killed through a cult. So, 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 so back to back to verse seven. So, this is they want to be teachers of Torah. Or as I said, the the Greek word there is nomos or law. But they understand neither their own words nor the matters about which they make such emphatic pronouncements. Mm-hmm. 
So, so Paul's, Paul's being clear that the, these people are, are setting themselves up as teachers, but they don't, they don't have the correct teaching, and they are, they are basically, basically just teaching, making, using their own teachings, and even worse, they're, they're trying to set themselves up as, as actual teachers of the Torah, that they were, that they were uh, speaking, speaking uh, divine teaching, but it was really their own, own teachings of their, of their, of their makings. And as I said, that they've, they've gone into, they've gone all this time into, uh, into, uh, the genealogies and the myths. They've, they've, uh, you know, they've had a, a clouded understanding of what is the truth. They're calling, calling their speculations actually, actually, uh, true, true teachings come from the Torah. Mm-hmm. So it's important. It's important you know, that that he's stressing to to Timothy that you know that for for people people to be teachers, you know, they need to have the correct teaching. They need to have the the preparedness to to understand what the what the Torah says, what God has given to through the Torah and through the apostles. Mm-hmm. You know, and, the, and to take and to, you know, to take the responsibility seriously. So in verse 8 we read, We know that the Torah is good, provided one uses it in the way the Torah itself intends. So here, here he is going in, says the Torah is good, and must be understood and lived appropriately. Those teaching falsely may have been quoting Torah, but their teaching was wrong and leading others astray. The Dr. Stern gives us a listing of Incorrect uses of Torah. And he says, number one is requiring Gentiles to observe aspects of the Torah that were meant only for Jews. And that was the issue of, as it's in the Acts 15 at the, uh, at the Jerusalem Council was, was making clear that Gentiles could come, come to Yeshua of faith without having to become Jews first. Number two is supposing that mere possession of the Torah Guarantees personal salvation. You know that that that, that is one misuse that, that uh, people believe that just because you know they're Jewish that that uh, God gave them the Torah. So, so you know so whether they live it or not, you know they have it. So they're they're in in good relationship with God. Number three, regarding humanly determined traditions as Torah, more authoritative than God's word. So that was one of the things that Yeshua talked about when people were putting, putting traditions over the, for example, those who were, who were, uh, who were giving, giving, uh, all kinds of donations to the temple and not taking care of their parents. So they were, they were, they were basically doing one, one tradition, tradition, you know, and neglecting, neglecting to, to, to care for their family. Uh, number four, ignore the New, New Testament's contribution to the understanding of Torah. And that's something we can see where, uh, where Yeshua teaches the importance of, the continuing importance of the, of the Torah, where he's, where he speaks in Matthew chapter five about the continuing of the Torah being, being, uh, of value and important in the way of life for the Jewish people. Five, using the Torah to lead people away from Yeshua. Instead of toward him, which is the purpose, its purpose, 
And this we'll read in Romans 10, chapter 4, that talks about the goal at which the Torah aims is the Messiah. So, you know, so if the Torah, Torah is being misused, it was leading people away from Yeshua. Because the goal, the, the goal behind the Torah is to lead people to see Yeshua as the Messiah. The six is using the Torah as a ground for boasting. And that's something that we can see with, as I said, talking about the, the pride issues of those who were, who were looking to, uh, to somehow have higher status in the community because of their Jewish heritage. And seven is reverting the Torah into a legal assist system. You know, that, ra- that rather than, rather than seeking to, to observe Torah as, as obedience to God, that people will try to somehow make it into into a system system of uh, of, of works righteousness that they're trying to to uh, bolster their or achieve a status with God through uh, observance rather than doing it out of obedience and with faith in the Messiah. So those are improper uses of the Torah. Mm-hmm. The proper uses which the Torah intends, includes building up the Jewish peoplehood, causing people to come to trust in Yeshua, and living a holy life. The Torah is to build up and bring wholeness, not separation and disunity. The Torah is given to the Jewish people as a gift to bring them together as a distinct people, living holy lives, and with the coming of the Messiah, to point all to Yeshua as the Messiah. Could you repeat that again? Goal of Torah, purpose of Torah. The Torah is, is to build up and bring wholeness, not separation, just unity. The Torah was given to the Jewish people as a gift to bring them together as a distinct people, living holy lives, and with the coming of the Messiah, to point all to Yeshua as that Messiah. So, Susan, would you like to read verses 9 through 11? First, happy to. We are aware that Torah is not for a person who is righteous, but for those who are heedless of Torah and rebellious, ungodly, and sinful, wicked, and worldly, for people who kill their fathers and mothers, for murderers, the sexually immoral, both heterosexual and homosexual, slave dealers, liars, perjurers, and anyone who acts contrary to the sound teaching that accords with the good news of the glorious and blessed God. This good news was entrusted to me. I have a problem with this statement. You have a problem with the statement? I'm not saying, is that the only purpose of, of Torah? I mean, I'm sure there are other statements that point out the different purposes of the Torah. Oh, the, the, the Torah was written for admonition, warning, and instruction how to live a righteous life. Mm-hmm. It was written for the people who have a covenant relationship with God. I mean, is it just for the lawless, or is there... Wow, that's or, a wild Or is there another aspect of Torah that is also for the righteous, but shows it's a pathway... That's what Hosea points out. It says the ways of the Lord, the ways of the Lord are a pathway for the righteous. It's it, 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 and it's smooth. 
but the ways of the Lord for the wicked is that it's a place of stumbling. It's like the dry land and mm -hmm. the dry land. It was a smooth path for the people of Israel, but the Egyptians got stumbled in it. They got stuck in the mud. The, the chariot wheels broke. Right. So there is, must be, if you're going to use the Torah properly, it brings. It's supposed to bring healing and salvation and, and and instruction and wisdom. But if you're going to misuse it, then it's going to be a, and destroy you. Uh, and if you look at Proverbs, the the the, the ways of the Torah is a, its paths are are are, are peaceful. Right. So, Odd, oddly enough, I actually, I, I actually have an answer to your to your, yes. to your question. Yes. Yeah, so let's let Sean it's go like, ahead. It's and, like and it's like I'm looking, I'm looking here at my notes and going, oh look, I actually, I, 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 I actually have answers to those questions. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. This, of course, yeah. of course, verse nine is going to be problematic. So yeah, go yeah, ahead, Sean. yeah. <laughs> I actually said the verse nineteen was very odd. Yeah. That's how I started off. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Wow. So. <laughs> yeah, so 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 the 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 phrase, the phrase Torah is not for a person who is righteous. Verse nine seems odd. It is commonly taught that the Torah is the way of life for a redeemed community. It is the way of life for the righteous. How is the Torah not for the righteous? Mm -hmm. Doctor Stern commented. So only in some aspects is the Torah not for a person who is declared righteous. Its its role is that which pre prescribes punishment and condemnation for offenses, shows the people that are sinful and guilty before God, and guides them away from trying to prove how good they are. For the Torah is for those who are heedless of Torah. So he so he makes he makes the point that that in here the the, the Torah is not for the righteous. In that, in that, for those who are are living righteous lives, they are not. The, the the Torah doesn't have its con condemning nature to it, of which the where it speaks about sin, and uh, and uh, so so for, so for the righteous, for the righteous, of the Torah is not is not there to to. Uh, to 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 be of the of the negative nature condemning because because they are in right right relationship with God, but for those who are but those but uh, wait wait so you're are you saying I'm going to try and restate it so is he saying that for those who are really righteous. They don't need the Torah because the Torah is for teaching and instruction, and they already get it. Oh uh, no! But but he's he's, he's he, you know what what he's saying here is that is that the that the uh, the punishments and condemnation of the Torah is not is not something that's over over the head of the righteous. That that the that the instructive that the instructive and 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 uh, Nature focused on on sin and guilt is there for those who are heedless of the Torah, so so that the so that the you know there that there are 
you know, so so basically, he says he's saying that the that the, you know the the negative nature of Torah, the condemnation of sin, is for those who is not for the righteous, but for those who are living lives of unrighteousness. This is that he calls those orthodox of Torah. But he's not saying that here. He's just making. Paul is just making a blanket statement. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's not specifically talking about uh, the punishments or the consequences or the con- condemnation of sin. <clears throat> he's talking. He says we are aware that the Torah. But he's talking about the whole Torah is not for a person who's righteous. So it's still a bit of a mystery to me. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to understand is. He's trying to say that, for example, you, in a classroom you have rules. Mm-hmm. If you're a good student, you don't break the rules. The rules not going to you don't need you the rules because you, you are because you're you already you behave well. You don't have any problem. You don't have any issues with conducting yourself. But the rule is for those who are going to break the rule, who are not going to conform. So okay. that rule is there to keep them in check. So I think what he's trying to say is that the same in the same regards. The law is for those who are naturally going to break the law and and do those things that we're not supposed to do. So if it's nomos, if the word is law, then that does make more sense. When it's Torah, it doesn't... Well, that's that that again, like with the the Paul Shaul thing, you know, that that, that throughout, you know, that... uh, you know that uh, Dr. Stern will, will will translate nomos as Torah throughout throughout the uh, the uh, complete Jewish Bible on the on the text there. So yeah, but it works if it's it's if it's translated as nomos. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So so that makes more sense for me. Right. And and if you if it's translated as Torah, it doesn't. Yeah, so that it. Mm-hmm. This is what God yeah. says to Hosea. Right? This is what God says to Hosea. This is what God says to Hosea. Listen. Let the wise understand these things and let the discerning know them. For the ways of Adonai are straight and the righteous walk in them, but in them sinners stumble. Mm. Where is that? That's in Hosea chapter 14. Uh, beginning verse 10 for the end of the chapter. Well, that's that's a really good citation, Richard. Yeah. Hosea 14, what verse again? Chapter 14? Chapter 14 of, of Hosea, beginning <coughs> verse 10. I'll read it again. Let the wise understand these things, and let the discerning know them. For the ways of Adonai are right, the righteous walk in them, but in them sinners and the picture I have mm-hmm. is the parting of the Red Sea mm-hmm. where the Israelites mm-hmm. walk on dry land to the Sinai Peninsula and the Egyptians follow them. Two people on the same path. Mm-hmm. One group of people walk on it. Uh, it's a smooth path. They walk to the other side. The other people are stumbling and stuck in the mud and destruction comes on them. And it's like it's, it's like other things where uh, Yeshua says, uh, this is the rock, I am the rock. If you put your trust in the rock, it's well and good. 
It's your foundation. If you don't, if you, if, if you stumble over the rock, well, I don't understand. I can believe in Jesus. I wasn't raised that way. Oh, I can't understand it. I, I, I just, you know, well, I just don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. Well, what happens? One or two things are going to happen. You're either standing on that rock or falls on you and crushes you or you stumble over it. Same thing with Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a place of healing when the Messiah comes back. It's also a stone of stumbling for the nations. So the same thing could be a stone of stumbling and crushing you or it could be a pathway to blessing. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the Torah. Mm -hmm. Right. And, 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 and another, another, uh, and another comment here. Thing, I think these people, these false teachers, are stumbling over Torah. I think Paul is telling Timothy to give these people a warning. Right. Yeah. You are misusing the Torah, mm -hmm. and it's going to be, and, and if you miss, you're going to be condemned by it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So another 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 way another way of looking looking at this is that uh, the comment is that the laws the laws were necessarily only to the law was necessary to restrain those who were inclined to sin. Like like because in in the Torah there's the positive commandments things you should do, and the negative commandments that you don't do. So so if someone is living living a righteous life. You know, they're not going to kill. They're not going to to steal. They're not going to to uh, bear, bear false witness. Is that Stern saying that too? That the laws. This this, this is actually from the the Bible background commentary. Oh, okay. Which is another commentary that look at the they look at the various cultural oh, so that's cultural the aspects. Bible background commentary. Right. So continuing on, they said like many ancient authors. Paul here includes a vice list to catalog the sorts of sins he means, which we have in verses 9 through 10. And he says, uh, Most of these were obvious as sins to ancient readers. For instance, killers of fathers and mothers were considered the most evil of sinners and executed in horrible waves under Roman law. For example, sewn into a bag with animals, including a snake, oh my God. and drowned. Oh, so, so, uh, I didn't get that. I didn't get that. I don't know if you want to hear this. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Oh, it's, 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 it says, it's, well, in, in verses nine, verses nine and ten, there's a list of various, various sins that they said the people, but it said, it said that, said that in, that in the, in the Greco Roman world, the killing of father and mother were the, considered, considered like the, the most evil thing you can do. And they said that that people would be be executed in horrible ways, including being sewn into a bag with a snake wow. and then thrown into a river. Oh. So, so they took it seriously. So, watch, watch yourself, Mary. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, so yeah, we don't have to worry about. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so verse. Sweet. Yeah. So verse. So verse nine and ten. Ten. Oh. It, it talks about. It includes. It starts with the. This is ungodly and sinful, wicked and worldly, for people who kill their fathers and mothers, for murderers, the sexually immoral, both heterosexual and homosexual, slave dealers, liars, perjurers, and anyone who acts contrary to the sound teaching. So this this here here also in First Corinthians, Paul gives a list of of various various 
He's, sinful and ungodly. He's not mincing words again. He's right. pretty direct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's so on this on the you know the, the okay. on this list here. Yeah. In verse ten it says the sexually immoral, both heterosexual and homosexual. This is actually unique, unique to Doctor Stern that he that he that he, uh, he uh, includes both includes both it's that um, the most other most other translations will actually like the NASB will actually just say homosexuals or uh, or the NIV uses perverts in this in this this here of which of which. Uh, which I, I, you know, it appears, appears from the Greek, the Greek word that it is, is it is specifically re- referencing male homosexual activity. It's for both because mine has both. Mine says the 20 pages of Sodom. Oh. Oh. Right. So, 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 so. Which, which version? Le- Le- King James. Oh, that's New King James. New King James. So yeah. So, 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 so oh. yeah. So. Oh. So, so that was. That, then that would be. Right. Um. And what does NASD have? Mine has um, uh, immoral men and homosexuals. Okay, oh, no. so yeah, yeah, that so, would, yeah, so that. Oh well, immoral men and so yeah, it could be both. Right. So yeah, but there, women seem to be off the hook here. Uh, it's the guys who are the. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The so yeah. So 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 that's. The King James has a different word. It says oh. warmongers, and for them that defile themselves with mankind. That's the way King James puts it. Oh, warmongers? Warmongers. Pardon? Warmongers. How do you spell it? W-A-R? Oh, W-H-O-R. Yeah, so you know, that would be the... This is really... We're getting into... Close your ears, Barry. Right. <laughs> okay, so 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 well, so yeah, so so that so 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 continuing on talks about. It seems to me he would be attacking, he would condemn all forms of sexual immorality. Right. Yeah. That wouldn't just be restricted to one gender or another, one half. Right. Because you go back to the Torah, he called, you know, in the laws of holiness, you shall not do any of these sexual activities. Right. So yeah. So yeah. So so so. What he's talking about? Sexually immoral. Right. Can't just restrict it. Right. Well, I'm. I'm. What would be interesting is to know the Greek, because Greek has gender, right? Right. So are there? Are they? Because New King James is only showing a male gender there. So. Well, the 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 Greek the Greek word which is which is translated homosexual, is the joining together of, of. of the word homo, which is man, and bed. So man, man, man bed is, or man in bed, or man in bed with another man is the, is the, is how that's, so we'll, so we, we, Oh, in the Greek? In the Greek. Well, so it's clearly male, or. Right. Yeah. Maybe because it wasn't common then to have the other form of female form. Right. Probably. Well, but you know, adultery has been in, in the mm. uh, mm-hmm. in the Tanakh. Yeah. But he is he is really not focused with it because, it, frankly, in that society, this was really the uh, the expression I believe of that was more common. Mm. 
they also it's pretty temples. rampant, like it is. But they also had temples. Right. I mean, yeah. Right. The thing is, people went. I guess people were lost all the thrill of having heterosexual uh, relation outside of marriage, so they decided to go into. They want more and more. They feel they get more and more pleasure out of debasing the uh, debasing the sex act. So continuing on, says so slave dealers, and there's some some English renditions that will use kidnappers, of which of which of which the of which the reference to kidnappers was those those were actually slave traders who would actually kidnap kidnap people to be taken into into the slave trade. So so it's just like today. Yeah, like to, like today. Yeah. So, so it says it said that you know that that, that is a reference to oh, to people that that the kidnapping is a matter of of, of the slave trade. So he's he's what saying, about the liars and the perjurers? And then it goes into more general life. Does right. that mean it, so he he's then going and moving away from the particular to the. To the more general liars, perjurers, yeah, well, liars, perjurers, and anyone who acts contrary to the sound teaching. To the sound teaching that accords with the. That's more like boilerplate, is it? If you don't fit any other other categories, then you have, then you have the boilerplate. Anyone who acts contrary to sound teaching, anybody else who transgresses God's commandments. Right. Yeah. So 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 so, so yeah. So so he had, you know, he basically began specifically with. Which were the, you know, which which would have been major issues of, of his of his time for different, you know, to you know, murder and sexual morality and the slave trade and lie, and lying and other things. But also, also it says you know, it's kind of you know, it's kind of like with the you know that you know that there's a portion portion in the in the high holy prayers we talk basically like you know that other. You know that you go through the full list of all cat, and there's also there's like there's also a few like catch-all, catch-all, you know, phrase in there. You know that will, you know that if you don't, you know the you've got you know the forty-seven or you know something, but there's also different catch-alls. So he's yeah. so he's saying he basically starting off with with specifics and work to to the uh, the uh, now are the these, general. Are these the specific transgressions that were committed in the Roman Empire? I mean. Well, these 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 these, these, would, these would have been these would have been common, these would have been common, uh, you know the you know the, where where the you know where the where the the Bible the Bible content, condemns to, you know, various activities, it focuses on on activities that are that were were done done at the time. So these would have been, especially the thing with with sexual morality, given the given the you know the the as you said with the pagan worship and the and the uh, the temple prostitutes and such, you know, that it would be yeah. common to have that. Having just come back from Israel and having visited, um, you may have even heard the term the gates of hell. Have you heard that term in? Um, it's in the uh, in the New Testament. It is. The gates of hell shall not prevail. Right. The gates of hell shall not prevail. Sorry, I don't have the Bible reference. It's in my Israel Israel notes. Mm. But we went to a place that is was referred to as the gates of hell, mm. and its goats were worshipped, and mm. acts 
were done with goats. And again, these wow. were men who, it was primarily men who hung out there. I mean, really. And so we, we actually, yes, I know, it's, don't even go there. But the point is, we actually went there to one of those places, mm-hmm. and it was, you know, it was a temple, actually, to, to goats. A pig. It was a pig. It's pagan, but it was during Roman times. They they were doing, and probably came from, may have been left over from Greek, but I think it was definitely Roman. Yeah. It must have been the practices that were common then, because throughout the epistles, he mentions it, even in the Corinthians, Romans, he brings up these topics, I guess it was rampant. It was rampant. Rampant is the word. It Mm -hmm. certainly was rampant in Greek. Society. This is Greco-Roman. Right. So the they same had, they, stuff. They had sex with. They had sex with the goats. Yes. Well, it must be because he talked about that. Yes. He's laughing. He talked about it in Romans, and it didn't make sense. But now that you're saying it, yes. it makes sense. We were there. I mean, yeah, we didn't see. God. We didn't see the acts. Thankfully. But, you know, this is so X-rated. How can you bring him to Bible study? He has to hear the right version. Yes. Things like that are going on in this country. I was overseas. I was in time when I was sleeping with I was about halfway falling asleep, and I happened to listen to one guy giving, you know, talking about, uh, uh, he was talking about he was having sex with sheep. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 was, I was way at the end of the bed, and I heard this guy say, this stuff, I can't. I mean, it, it, everything goes on. Okay. But uh, anyway, let's get back. Yeah, let's, 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 let's come okay, we, 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 Yeah, we, <laughs> we are. I should have brought it up. Okay, okay. But it, Richard, it was, Richard. It was and still is rampant. Everything. Okay, we are, we are, we are. Eight fifty-five. So, oh my heavens! So we are. <laughs> we are. <laughs> if you want to avoid X-rays, Mitchell, don't go to Bible study. No, yeah, this is the Sean. You're going to get a reputation. How could you bring this material here? <laughs> I, I, well, I, 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 so well, Paul wasn't. No. Paul was very specific. True. But he didn't expose what was wrong. He didn't do it to excite us and entertain us with it. Right. The point of this is wrong. This is perversion. Right. Exactly. Yes. So let's. So let's. Uh, on. <laughs> let's let's go to verse twelve. We'll 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 kind of transition away from our our. Uh, well, it's interesting, the contrast between 10 and 11, going from this utter perversion and then going somehow in the same sentence, really that's the same sentence, it 11, is, is. that accords the sound teaching, okay, enough of this stuff, the sound teaching that accords with the good news mm-hmm. of the glorious and, and blessed God. 
the good news was entrusted to me. So he does get us back to the good news. Yes. And fortunately, didn't wait too long. <laughs> right. So, so, so in verse, verse 12, verse 12, okay, we come to, and I thank the one who has given me strength, the Messiah, Yeshua, our Lord, that he considered me trustworthy enough to put me in his service. So Paul here transitions from instructions and condemnation of false teachings and violations of Torah the share is thankfulness to God for considering him worthy of service, despite his past life. Paul usually starts his letters with a word of thanksgiving, like we've seen before in the prison epistles. But here he dealt with the problems first, and then goes into his, his words of thanksgiving. In verse 13 we read, Even though I used to be a man who blasphemed and persecuted and was arrogant, but I received mercy because I had acted in unbelief, not understanding what I was doing. So after after going through condemning those who were who were in in violation of Torah, Paul moves back into into looking at his own life and showing his own example that he that he had strayed away from from God and was actually a persecutor of God's Messianic community. And in your notes there I have a listing of, of of various passages where he talks about his his life as a persecutor, just for just for brevity. Oh, that's interesting. Just yeah. for yeah, just yeah. for brevity, we'll look at uh, Acts chapter twenty six, the tw- Acts twenty six passage. How many different references are there? One, two, There's 11 different references 11, in there where he right? talks about his his, uh, his persecution of the body. 11 references. So in, in Acts chapter 26, Paul, Paul talks about his his life in, in persecuting the, the community. What page is that on? Well, a different version. I don't know what page. It, so it's, which is it? It's Acts chapter 26, verses 9 through 11. Oh, okay. And Paul said, I used to... I used to think it was my duty to do all I could do to combat the name of Yeshua from Nazareth. In Jerusalem, I did so. After receiving authority from the head Kohanim, I myself threw many of God's people in prison. When they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Often I went from one synagogue to another, punishing them and trying them, trying to make them blaspheme. And in my wild fear against them, I even went so far as to persecute them in cities outside the country. So Paul, so Paul here, Paul here is, is sharing, you know, sharing, you know, his his life, life away from from uh, honoring God and and spending his time persecuting both Yeshua and the the Messianic community, mm-hmm. including to the point of actually bringing people to to Jerusalem to be executed. Yeah. And verse 14, it says, Our Lord's grace overflowed to me with trust and love that comes from the Messiah, Yeshua. Mm. Paul, who was the great persecutor of the early Messianic community, now has devoted his life work, who, who devoted his life work to destroying the faith in Yeshua, including arresting people and bringing them to Jerusalem for stoning. This great persecutor became the great proclaimer of the Messiah. By God's grace, he changed paths from seeking to destroy to seeking to build up. 
and paraphrasing his what he says in Philippians chapter 1 on this transformation, where he says, for me to live as Messiah and to die as a gain. This is a, it's, this is a paraphrase of that, that, an expansion on this. It's, it is though Messiah were the air element in which Paul moved and had his being. Thinking with his mind, willing with, with his will, Paul has absolutely become the organ or instrument of Yeshua and has drawn spirit, soul, and body into his dominating and recreating life. So he's, he's, he's sharing here, here that, that, uh, you know, God, God uh, took him as one who was, who was, who was a persecutor of the Messiah, one who was, who was seeking to destroy God's work and destroy the name of God and uh, made him into the one who was the proclaimer of the Messiah to the Gentile world. So, so verses 15 and 16. So here's a statement you can trust, one that fully deserves to be accepted. The Messiah came into the world to save sinners, and I'm the number one sinner. But this is precisely why I received mercy, so that me as the number one sinner, Yeshua the Messiah might demonstrate how very patient he is, as an example of those who would later come to trust in him and thereby have eternal life. So here Paul makes clear why Messiah came to the world to save sinners. So all those all those those people who practice the things in verses ten and eleven, you know, that they're that that isn't isn't the end for them to to walk in his ways, but they can they can through the Yeshua's atoning death, like Paul who was a persecutor and was involved in in seeing people put to death for their faith. This was the, his core teaching in, in his life, was to share about the atoning work of, of uh, the atoning death of Messiah that brings eternal life. Given his previous life dedicated to standing against Yeshua and seeking to destroy the Messian community, he refers to himself here as the number one sinner. Paul seeks to show that God in his mercy and grace saved him, the greatest of sinners, and that he was more than willing to save the number two and lower sinners too. <laughs> Paul holds himself as a grand example of how far God will go to reach the lost, even accepting one that blasphemed his name and killed his followers. So, Who said that? Where's that from? That is so true, isn't it? How far God will go to reach the lost. Paul is such a, a phenomenal example. Who was that? Stern or? Uh, that was actually me. I actually wrote wrote this section nice. here. Nice, nice, really nice, yeah. John. Yeah, I, I I I saw that number one thing. It's like, yeah, I need to work number two. <laughs> The number two sinners, and but yeah, but the, the, but that is that's, that that's that Paul right. that Paul Paul here, as I said, it holds him as a grand example of how far God will go to reach even one who blasphemed and was and his name and killed his followers. Wow, even yeah, you know, so yeah, so so you know when he when Paul here talks about God's grace and, and God's willingness to to save sinners. He knows how far he he had come, mm-hmm. you know that he had gone from seeking to destroy the Messian community to be the 
the strongest advocate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, verse 17, we coming to the conclusion of chapter 1. It reads, So the King eternal, imperishable, and invisible, the only God there is, let there be honor and glory forever and ever. Mm-hmm. Amen. So this is a closing, a closing benediction to, to this chapter. Dr. Stern comments on this verse that it, that it's a listing of God's attributes that is, that is similar to what we see in, in common Jewish benedictions. That the King Eternal, literally King of Ages, or in Hebrew, Melchalam, which is in many, any, many blessings. Was usually a rendered king of the universe, but can be translated king of eternity. So, so this is a list of God's attributes. Is what we see in what? what? It's 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 similar similar to to how how the use of Melacholam in various blessings. They're talking about about the you know that it talks about here that so to the king eternal, imperishable, and invisible. The only God there is. Let there be honor and glory forever and ever. So he he brings some brings some uh, connection to mm-hmm. to uh, what is familiar in, in the liturgy. And the only well, the only God there is in looking to you know that that Paul is reaffirming the the Shema that the oneness of of the God of Israel. Oh, in that verse. Oh, the only God there is. So he it is like a Shema. It is like, yeah, yeah. Paul, yeah, Paul, Paul actually actually does does quote from the Shema in chapter two. The next time, we'll, chapter two, oh, verse five, he oh. he actually has a teaching from the. Wow. So Paul, so Paul concludes this reflection on his life and God's grace with a closing benediction, offering praise to God. You know, for someone someone who who had come so far. You know, he all he has really there was praise for what God had done in his life, yeah. and the closing closing verses, verses eighteen through twenty. It'll only be a few minutes over, but just, well. this charge, son Timothy, I put to you, in keeping with the prophecies already made about you, so that by these prophecies you may fight the good fight. Armed with trust and a good conscience, by rejecting conscience, some made shipwrecked of their trust. Among them are Hymenaeus and Alexander. I have turned them over to the adversary, so they will learn not to insult God. Mm. So first off, Paul talks about the prophecies already made over him. You know, though, though he doesn't actually go into into detail what these prophecies were, he does reference in chapter four. These prophecies were were spoken over to him when he was he was received as smicha his ordination to ministry. So it so it appears appears that they're related to his his teaching his his ministry that he was that he was given these words of of uh, prophecy. Paul to, uh, was Paul Timothy. Or Timothy Timothy Timothy. He's saying he's, he's reminding him. He reminded him, reminded him he says that, that I put to you in keeping with the prophecies already made to you, so that that by these prophecies you may fight the good fight. So so he, he must have received some encouraging prophecies when he was when he was he was called by the elders to uh, to ministry, which we which we 
But prophecies there aren't don't mean looking into the future. Prophecies mean declaring God. Declaring, yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah the, that's, so it the, it's, it's, it's not uh, the meaning we associate with prophecy. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's 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 it's, it's not fore foretelling instead the of prophecies, future. but right. but actually words of encouragement for his ministry. Right. And. Uh, they're godly words. Godly right. Yes. Pronouncements. Yes. So. Yes. Yes. So in one, in First Timothy four fourteen says, "Do not neglect your gift which you were given through a prophecy, when the body of elders elders gave you smicha." So this is a mm. word of encouragement for his ministry. Mm. And Doctor Stern here commented. He says, "Timothy should take courage from the prophecies given to him to fight the good fight, as Paul himself did, against wrong teaching." Essential weapons for the fighter, trust and a good conscience. They're, they are important. They have to do, do with the hardened spirit, not the mind only. Mm-hmm. So after encourage, encouraging him, he also, he also gives an example of those who, who uh, went astray by rejecting their conscience mm-hmm. and made shipwreck of, of their trust, of their faith. And he mentions two people here, Hymenaeus and Alexander. The Paul concludes his teaching with two examples of those who went astray to false teaching, Hymenaeus and Alexander. Hymenaeus taught that the in Second Timothy two seventeen through eighteen. Second Timothy. Second Timothy two seventeen through eighteen. Uh-huh. Paul actually mentions what the false the false teaching that that Hymenaeus went out. Uh-huh. After, and that was that he taught that the resurrection had already come. Mm. That that. Uh, what do you mean? The re- well, it did already come. <coughs> what do you but mean? The, the, that the final resurrection had come, and that that the that the eternal that uh, the messianic kingdom had begun. He oh. doesn't really detail oh. what that was, but the, but. You know, it's kind of like a false teaching about the end of the world. That oh, he was, I see. He was teaching that the, the world had... I see. Okay. And then the other dude, Alexander? The, the other other dude, Alexander, <laughs> is mentioned in, in 2 Timothy also. So he talks about he was... That, uh, that Alexander the metal worker did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will render him according to his works. And you should guard against him because he bitterly opposed everything we said. So it appears it appears that that he was he was he was just basically opposed to to Paul and everything he taught it taught. So he so he it's 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 showing it's showing the disunity that he that he's like he's like fostering disunity in in the community by. You know, and it could be it could be that it was a matter of him just not respecting mm-hmm. respecting Paul's authority. Mm-hmm. So he was he was saying one one this person who was who was teaching teaching false things about the resurrection, this person who was who was causing disunity. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it includes and 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 then this concludes talking about the mean turnover to the adversary. Mm-hmm. And turning over to the adversary is 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 in the Greek word. It was conveys the idea of stern punishment rather than instruction. These two people, Alexander and Hymenaeus, were beyond being taught or instructed to go right. They had to be punished for being removed from the community until they changed their ways. 
The hope is that their time away would cause them to repent and be able to return. So, so it appears it appears that that he's saying that you know these people are these people are not teachable. They 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 are they are caught up in their in their their wrong ways, mm-hmm. and rather than continuing to try to to teach them, they need to be taken out of the community. They need to be excommunicated mm-hmm. from the community. Wow, that's they pretty need to, strong, isn't it? Yeah, and and that's but, pretty. You know, that's a very interesting thing. Does excommunication in the Roman Catholic Church come from that, maybe? It could be. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it says, it's, you know, and, and like, and, you know, we, we do know about, about in, in, uh, in Judaism, people be that, you know, the various Jewish believers who were put out, uh-huh. put out of the synagogues. Uh-huh. So, so this, so it's, it, so this is a, and then the comment says that the, it seems to the 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 excommunication seems to include a curse against the person being banned from the punishment. It was meant to be an equivalent to capital punishment. Why didn't these people over over to to the adversary? Paul simply acknowledging the sphere they had already chosen to enter. Mm-hmm. Paul hears Paul's purpose here is restorative. You know. You know, wanting them that that by being away, as he said, by giving them over to the adversary, by putting them out of the community, that they will come to repentance. You know, it looks like he already has given up on them. My translation says they delivered to Satan, that they did deliver to Satan. This uh, translation, the New King James, said, um, "Whom I delivered to Satan, that they may learn." Not to blaspheme. But why does this say? Well, 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 that, well, that's well, that's that's what the word adversary, Satan, Satan, in is 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 adversary. So yes, yes. So we're so so it, it here, you know, as I said that 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 uh, that this verse is by by handing handing these over to Satan. Paul is simply acknowledging the sphere they had already chosen to enter. You know, so he's saying, saying they've already they've already gone so far away mm-hmm. from God. They're already they're already in, un, under his sphere of influence. Mm-hmm. He's think, basically. Do you think that they could come back? Why did he say that until they come back? Well, yeah, the the, the, the hope the hope is is that is that their time away will bring them bring them to repentance, bring them back. But you know, he's saying he's saying basically saying saying that. It's, they're no longer teachable. They're no longer, they're no longer ones who will listen to instructions. So they need to be put out of the community until they they come to repentance and, and come yeah. come willing to come back. So but there is there is that line so that they will learn not to insult God. So if there's learning that happens, then there is a possibility that they could be integrated back into the community. But you know, at a certain point, he's setting boundaries, as what what we say. Mm-hmm. He's he's doing boundary setting, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes uh, we don't do that enough in um, in spiritual communities, including mm-hmm. our own. I, I can think of a couple of examples of, of some people who are really outside the boundary, mm-hmm. and. 
But what happens if these people want to come back? Well, if, if the if the people, people are, you mean Hymenaeus and Alexander still being? Uh, I'm not talking about those two. Oh. I'm talking about other people that want to come back. Are they still supposed to be excommunicated? Well, no, I, I'm I'm not in a position. I have no authority to help make I'm that happen. I'm Sean that. Well, well, oh. Uh, uh, oh, as oh, as in we general. Yeah, as we see, see among these individuals, you know, there, there, is, there is a hope for them to, to return. So it's, it, there's no, it's not a matter of them just being thrown, thrown out and, and you know, the, it, but it's a, matter of, it's a matter of that they have gone so far, you know, as I said, they've gone, they've gone, they've basically gone so far away in their, in their false teachings and stuff that, you know, yeah. you know, that, right. You know, as as I said, as this as I said, as it concludes here, it says I have turned them over to the adversary, so they will learn not to insult God. So, you know, his, you know, it, it is, it is, there is that hope that they will return, but you know, they they have to be, you know, they have to be put out. Yeah, I mean that's a put strong, out, yeah. you know, that's and, a you know, strong statement to to invoke the adversary. Yeah, my, that's my confusion. Yeah. Why would he say? To turn them to the adversary, if you're hoping to deliver them again or have them come back. Maybe the punishment from the adversary is so severe, they'd be filled with such fear and the retired consequences and constantly somehow it would be plaguing them. And says, you know, we need, I do need to repent. I'm wrong for opposing uh, Paul, I'm wrong for. I'm, I'm, I'm wrong for teaching that the resurrection has already come. Well, I think there's a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have come back and agree that I'm wrong for teaching a wrong doctrine. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I want you to teach me the correct doctrine. I want to come back. And so when a person makes a genuine repentance and does the turnaround, says, I believe Jesus is the Son of God, He's coming back when this is not the time. He was resurrected from the grave. He, he bodily bore my sins in his own body. I accept the teachings of Paul and the apostles. And Hymenaeus says, well, you know something? I'm wrong for opposing you. I'll do everything I can to support the work that you have here. I will respect Timothy. And it gives acts of repentance. Then the Paul, Paul or Timothy, you are forgiven. You've repented. You're welcome back to the community. But see, a lot of times people give up on people and don't ever let the repentant people back. Well, that's that. That's 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 not something that uh, that Paul is 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 advocating here. Yeah. yeah as as Susan said, the the the, the focus here is is. Uh, is on is on boundaries that, that there is that there is basically a line that you can cross. Yes. That that, that you have to you have to be disciplined in this way. This, right. this and you know the the hope the hope is is for for repentance, but you know that's something that that they have to take care of on their own. And there's you know as 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 Paul says, you know God's grace is available. God God took the 
the greatest the greatest yeah. persecutor of right. you know the, of the of the messianic community you know who yeah. him <laughs> yeah so 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 the yeah as you said the number one sinner yeah. was taken care of so you know for number two and below there's there is there is a there is God's grace available if you if like Paul you understand where you went wrong and to seek to follow the Messiah and to change your ways. And let's get back to the context. This is a personal pastoral letter. It wasn't meant for all of us here to discuss this. He's talking to Timothy. Oh. And I, I'm sure he might have even have been horrified to learn that this was part, you know, this was a personal letter to help Timothy be be able to set boundaries and to be able to function in a pastoral role. Mm-hmm. But we're reading Paul. We're reading Paul's letter to Timothy. Right. And this is you know we're peeking into this. But this is also somehow instruction for us, even though well, sure, we're not. But we're not. We're not pastors. We're not pastors. And I think there are lessons for us to learn from each of these books of the. Uh, of the Bible and it shows you what you're supposed to avoid and what you're supposed to embrace mm-hmm. and say and uh, and there's a certain there's a hope of certainty to say gee Paul persecuted the believers in Jesus Paul persecuted other Jewish believers he attacked the gospel but God chose him what about the rest of us uh, in this last section here uh where he says that we also receive mercy, even though we're the number two, three, four, five, or ten sinner. If God can show mercy to Paul, he can also show. And this is what he says. Here's a statement you can do. One fully deserves to be accepted. The Messiah came into the world to save sinners. I'm the number one. You may be number two, five, ten, fifteen, or a hundred. God can serve, save Paul. Well, he can save, he came to save us. Mm-hmm. This is also written for us, even though the primary recipient is for Timothy and for pastors and Messianic Jewish rabbis. But this is encouraging something that we can trust too. Mm-hmm. God came to save sinners. Yeah. And that's, that's, and that's, and that's, the, that's what... What he is teaching here, you know, that, that using his own example, mm-hmm. he's showing that you know God's great mercy and his and his willingness to accept those who come to him. So I mean, he's he's truly he's truly uh, humble. Yeah, he shows such humility, and I think he does show some Jewish guilt. I I really felt that that he just couldn't do enough because he really got it. He really screwed up. So there is some Jewish guilt, but he's letting God use it and use him. And we are so blessed. Uh, As our uh, tour guide in Israel said, we are blessed through the chains of Paul. Mm -hmm. And his persecutions and everything, all the twists and turns of his life, we are blessed through his trench, through his chains. So, yeah. so that that completes chapter one. Excellent. Of Great. First Timothy. Oh, I like this. I like this so. chapter. Excellent. Woo!
Yeah, I'm 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 glad we were able to move on past uh, past verses ten and eleven. I, think I, I was I was I was worried worried that we were that we I was worried that we were getting shipwrecked on to, to use to use the phrase phrase about Hyman Innocent and Alexander that we were getting shipwrecked on verse ten and eleven. So so what? Uh, as we as we're concluding, you know, is yeah. it is uh, anyone have any uh, any prayer requests that we can pray for as we close out tonight? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 